0: I want to dive into the word as I do this. I want to talk to you about this subject today, hung by the tongue and tying it in with, with your identity. Is there places that you pull inspiration from? Is there books, and I pull a lot of inspiration From this dude named T.D. Jakes So I mean he is yeah, I hope to meet him one day To tell him what a mentor he's been in my life Here on this I may not meet him till I get to heaven But some of this, this sermon today was inspired from him But I do want to talk to you about Hung by the tongue This thing right here I hope It will jack you up man If you didn't hear that I said, this thing right here will jack you up and how it can impact your future. It can impact, I believe, your destiny. And I just want to talk about that today. I'm excited to talk about this subject. Would you pray with me right now as we dive into the word? do that are you guys okay 909 you kind of quiet this morning kind of quiet this morning can we just put our hands together for Jesus right now kind of kind of let him know come on come on this is not for Elvis this is for Jesus come on let's pray father thank you for this time and just ask that you would move by your Holy Spirit right now right now in this place you touch every heart the believer, the ones that come in here, they may be an atheist or, or not believing in you. I thank you that you are madly in love with them and you believe in them. And Father, I just pray wherever anybody is in their walk with you or what they're faced with in life, God, you're, you are the answer. You was and always will be the answer. And I just pray right now, as the world bombards us from the outside, that right now, in this very moment, your word would transform us from the inside. Father, I just pray that you touch every, every person here right in this moment, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. let me remind you that every person in this room has a divine purpose on their life. You have a divine identity. And you have a divine purpose that I think that's only cut out for you to walk in and for you to fulfill. High five your neighbor and say, divine purpose. Each and every one of us has that. Do you know the one who truly knows your divine purpose? If it's a divine purpose, the purpose is not from you. It's divine It's of God. It's a supernatural purpose that God's put upon your life. It's not something that you create. It's something that I believe that you'll find out and you'll walk in as you get to know the one who put this inside of you even before you were born, even before uh, uh, your mama knew you, before your daddy knew you. That's why I say it's a divine purpose not just purpose. It's a divine, a divine identity and a divine purpose that God has for you individually. I want to look at a scripture today kind of to, 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 to back what I'm saying. If you'll Turn to Jeremiah 1.5. It's going to be on the Sky Bible also. I want you to see about four things in this one verse. I, I just meditated on this verse throughout the week at times, and it is so, I mean, sometimes one verse will really feed you and really impact your life. I want to read it, and then I want to show you four things out of just one verse today. Just one. We're going to talk about others but I want you to see this one today, how powerful one verse of the living word can be. It says this, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So you can have read scriptures before, kind of blow through that. We're going to get back to that because that's powerful right there. It says, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So let's just let's look at something in this verse. Before you were born, I want to show you four things that God was doing and is doing in your life before you're born. It says this. He dif- divinely formed you. He f- he formed divinely formed you. You don't even have someone else's fingerprint. He so divinely formed you. There's only one J.O. There'll never be another J.O. with this fingerprint or this purpose. When he formed me, guess what he did? He broke the mold. You are the only Stephen or Kathy or Seth or whoever. You're the only one like you. He, he formed you. He broke the mold. He f- divinely formed you. You need to feel that today. You should feel special. Yeah, yeah. Somebody say this, well, I'm special. I'm special. Guess what? That's true. That's not arrogant. It's absolutely the truth that he divinely formed you. And look, look he divinely knows you. He knew you before you were born. Think about that for a minute. Before your mama knew you, before your daddy knew you, before you were in the womb, he knew you. He know, He's the one that put this, look at it's going to go to this next one, put this divine, divine purpose in your life. Look at this right here. It says, he sanctified you. He divinely sanctified you. That means he set you apart. You are set apart for a purpose. He knew you. He formed you. And he set you apart. And look at this. This is, this is going right. He, he said, I ordained you a prophet of the nation. In Jeremiah's life, he ordained him a prophet. He divinely gave you a purpose. How wonderful that is. I want to let you know, Jail. that that no is beautiful because that word, I've spoken on it before, it's yada. It's yada in the Hebrew. Will you say that with me, yada? I mean, he's familiar with the kinsfolk, uh, kinsmen. He really knows you. It's a very intimate word. He knows you. He knew you before your birth. He knew you before the divorce. He knew you before the addiction. He knew you before the heroin. He knew you before the weed. He knew you before the traumatic event took place in your life. He knew you before anxiety and worry and depression and oppression. He knew you before you were distorted by sin. He knew you. Hey, hey, he knew you before you knew you. No, no, you got to feel me today. He knew you before you knew you and you trying to figure things out. You're not going to figure it out without knowing him. You need to know the one who formed you that gave you a divine, set you aside, gave you a divine purpose. He calls you out. He wants you to walk in. I tell you what, when you walk in that, boy, you're going to live life to its fullness when you're walking in your divine purpose. But there's one avenue for you to find that out. It's through him. Because he, your mom and dad did not put that purpose in you. Your mom and dad did not sanctify you. It's God who called you before, before the devil got a hold of you, God knew you. Before you got all jacked up, confused at times, God knew you. And I think we need to go back to him in order to find out what this purpose is. Now there's something's beautiful, I think, that's tied. Well, it can be beautiful or it can be very ugly that's tied into this divine purpose that I'm talking about today and I'm specifically going in this direction because it's so powerful and it's this thing right here your tongue the the, the, rudder the rudder it's the rudder you know James talks about this about the rudder this little thing is what controls you it can control your life And it can absolutely make an impact upon your destiny, your divine purpose in your life. It is powerful. It can affect who we are. Whenever I say I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, that's a powerful proclamation of the truth right there. Okay? It can affect how you feel. It can affect your destiny and your future. It can affect you emotionally. It can affect you physically. It can affect you spiritually. It can affect your soul. You mean, jail? That, that, that little thing right there laying between my teeth can impact me that much? Absolutely. And I'm going to prove it to you by the word of God today. It can absolutely, I'm believing that God's going to bring his truth today and set you free in areas. You're going to get cut loose from the noose, this thing that's held you bondage, this thing here that's hanging you, I I believe that God's going to set you free today, at least to some degree as we jump into his word. I'm just going to begin by reading some of the word. Say this with me, Holy Spirit, Spirit, convict me. me. Holy Spirit, just convict us right now when it comes to our tongue. It's, It's so powerful. I'm just going to read some scripture and see what the Holy Spirit does. James 1, says this. If any one of you, if any one among you thinks he is religious, and he does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. That bridle means a bit leader, a, a, a bit Leader. It also means to curb, and of course it means to bridle. If you don't have a curbed tongue, or a bit-leader tongue, or a bi- bridle tongue, the Bible says your heart can be, your heart can be deceived by your tongue, and your religion is useless. That's just, that's just one scripture right there, out of James, the, the power of your tongue. How many know that your little tongue right there is an absolutely, it can be a troublemaker? Thing, right? A troublemaker. You, you, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that thing can really cause you some trouble. You're like, that just came out of my mouth. Oh, please let me get that word back. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Listen to this little troublemaker. Listen, Proverbs 18, 6 and 7. A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Now, I'm not calling you a fool, me a fool or anything like but how many of you know that we can sometimes Not be a fool, but do foolish things. Am I I preaching to the right people? I have done some foolish things as a pastor and as a believer and as a husband. I have said some foolish things at times that can absolutely create trouble. How about this one? All this stuff affects you're impacted by your. Your mouth, your words, your tongue. Joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. Even your, the, the emotion joy can be created by your tongue. Look at what it says, Proverbs fifteen twenty-three: A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. How about if I was going to tell you this this morning, that you to be satisfied might not be uh, because of your marriage, or it may not be because if your business is prospering, or it may not be because all those things are good, but it may not be because of your bank account or whatever. What really can cause a person to be satisfied in life? Well, one secret is I think your words in your confession. Listen to this word right here. Proverbs 18 somebody say satisfy. 18:20 Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words brings satisfaction. Bob Dylan, one of my, like Bob Dylan, his writings, he he wrote a a song called, uh, I think it's called Satisfied, something like that. And he goes, how many times have you heard someone say, if I had his money, I'd do things my way. Mm -hmm. But little they know, yeah, it's so hard to find. One rich man in 10, what a satisfied mind. Your mouth has a lot to do with, you being a satisfied individual. How about life and length of days? Let me, let me do a little little vote right here. How many of you want to have a good life? Yes. How many of you like to have length of days? Some of you ain't raising your hand. You, you just want to die today? What, 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 what? Let's try that again. How many of you want to live a good life? And maybe some good length of days. Maybe you want to see your great, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I don't know. Look what it says. All in the tongue. And I hope today that this will sink down in your heart and your spirit and you can actually put it to action when you leave here. Psalms 34, 12, and 13. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Tongue is spoken of in the Bible over a hundred times. And yeah, at least one of them is talking about a dog tongue. But nevertheless, yeah. <laughs> tongue, how, how can this be so powerful? How can that little, you know, maybe tooth by fifth, I don't know how long a tongue is. I know mine's pretty long because I can touch my nose. How can that be so, how can your words be so powerful? What is it tied into? How does it have, how has God given you so much power through your words that it can be so impactful on your life, those around you on your future, your destiny, how you feel, your health, how? Well, look at Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, He said something, He he said something, and something happened. Let there be light. And guess what? There was light. I know you've been in church. You, you get that. I, I, I understand that. But he took, he said something. He, he, he made something out of nothing just by speaking it. Well, Jay, what's that got to do with me? What's that got to do with you? You're made in the very image of God. Yeah. You're made in the very likeness of your father. Yeah. My, my kids are right here. Seth and Jamie, they have a lot of likeness like mom and dad. They get their beauty from their mama. They probably get a little intensity from their daddy. And, and passionate. And mom, mom can be intense and passionate too in a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful way. Amen. I mean, we, we, we're like, you know, we stir it up. You know, I'd say it if she was here. Praise God. My point is is that there's a lot of likeness. They've got our genes and and DNA and there's a lot of likeness from mom and dad to my, my kids. There's a lot of likeness not exactly from God the Father down to you. You're made in the image of God. You have power and creative ability out of your tongue you're not god it's not new age it's not weird it's just that you are made in the likeness of your father you are created in his image you're not created in the image of a of a, a ape hallelujah <laughs> a monkey you're not created because of a cosmic boom and you accidentally come together. That's crazy, man. Look at you. You're wonderfully, fearfully, beautifully created in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were formed, He formed you in the womb. Come on. You are special, man. You have a beautiful identity and a beautiful divine purpose. And this right here, you get the likeness from your father, the power of your confession. Are you following me today? Yeah. In the likeness. Wow. Let's go just a little deeper. Just say that with me. A little, a little deeper. Proverbs. I can't talk about the tongue without pulling out this one right here, man. This is like a 44 mag. Proverbs eighteen twenty-one. Death And life. I mean, I could just, I could read this scripture, you could shut your Bible, if you go put it into practice, it'll change your life. Seriously. One scripture will change your life. You just put this scripture to practice when you leave here. Death and power, I'm sorry, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. I looked up death in the, that word death in the, in the Hebrew, guess what it means? Death. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It's got some other definitions, right. but it pretty much means death. Right. There's no pussyfooting around it. <laughs> it's just like death can come out of your mouth. You can... Speak death of your wife, death of your kids, death over circumstances. We, we were working on a car and all of a sudden trying to take the alternator out and all of a sudden that monkey wrench you're using, a wrench that you shouldn't even be using because you didn't have the right socket and all of a sudden it slips off and you break your knuckles and, and you start cussing that wrench. Like that wrench did something. You're like, and you just cursed the wrench. Think about what you did. You put a curse on that little wrench that problem before, and now you've cursed it, and you made the job way worse, because you cursed it. That's why they're called curse words. Are you following me? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Wow, you walk away with this today. You begin to speak and declare life over your life, over your life, over your health, over your children. It's nothing weird. It's the Bible. Amen. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the Bible. Here, here, here. David, I think, knew about this. Look what David said in Psalms 141.3. He said, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors door of my lips sometimes I don't just need a watch or a door I need a master lock on my lips there's a master lock there right there and throw away the key right are, are, are we in the same boat yes. does someone have full control over their tongue in church today I don't think that you do I love you, but I don't think you do, because the Bible says you don't. Just read James 3. I like James because James is like a pastor who will just kick your front teeth in. Listen to him today. Just listen to James. James 3, 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of inequity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. James, man, tell me how it is, man. Just come on, speak a little truth in love. He's like, nope, Jesus, code red. Somebody say code red with me. Look what Jesus says about this. Matthew 15, 11. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man. It's not, it's not what comes this way that defiles you. But what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. That defile means defile. It means to pollute you. J-O-V right here. Jack you up. The words that come out of your mouth. Jail, how in the world can your tongue, how could the words that you say impact your divine destiny? And I want to finish up over these last few minutes to talk about this. There is a powerful word that you can say to the divine purpose that God has on your life. And that word is yes. Will you say that word with me? Yes. yes. Will you say it with me? We just need to practice that a little bit. Let's just, let's just practice that a little bit. The, yes on three. Yes on three. One, one, two, three. Yes. yes. When you say yes to the right person at the right time, when you know that it is the divine purpose of God for your life, that little three-lettered word right there will change, can change the direction of your entire life and your eternity. When you say yes to Jesus Christ and you're born again, guess what it does? It changes everything. A person becomes a new creation in Christ Jesus. Their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. They have eternal life. Just the power of yes. But I'm talking about specifically today the power of yes to your divine purpose in your life. Like Jeremiah had, I think you have to say yes to that divine purpose. Let me give you a couple examples out of the Bible. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Abram? You know what Abram did? This here's a very, just the beginning of a scripture, Genesis 22:2. then he said, take now your son, your one and only son. Abram had not ever had kids on his own. Well, he had a kid Ishmael by, you know, little servant lady that was, you know, you don't want to birth Ishmael. Say, man, <laughs> wait on the promise of God. <laughs> Amen. And so here he is. He has this, God's called him out underneath the sky. Hey, you look at the stars. You can't count them. Man, this is going to be your, your inheritance in one day, so forth and so on. And then he has this, this kid, Isaac. And God, the Bible says, God tested him. And he says, take your son, your one and only son. And you know what I didn't see Abraham doing? I just didn't see this. I didn't see Abraham trying to cut a deal with God. If you read the scriptures right in Genesis, you don't see God, Abraham like, hey, hey, God, come on, man. This is my only son right here. Come on, man. Throw throw me a bone right here. You just see, you see Abram being obedient. If you want to walk in greatness, because Abram was great. If you want to walk in greatness, here's a couple of clues. Walk in obedience to God and submission to God. If you walk in obedience, hey, and submission, uh, hey, even submission to the law of the land, even submission to our first responders, I tell you, you learn to be submissive to your boss, come on, instead of being a rebel all the time. Jail, you calling me a rebel? Well, only if you're a rebel. (laughs) I'm not calling you a rebel if you're not a rebel. I'm just saying there's power in, you want to walk in greatness and submission. I mean, I tell you what, it will lead you. Here's, what did Abram do? He said, yes. He, he said yes, and it powerfully impacted his life. Think about Noah. Hey, Noah, I want you to make an ark out of gopher wood. Now, Abram could have walked away and said, no, God, I am not taking my one and only son. He could have said no. I don't know if we would be reading about him. And Noah, I think Noah. He, we have a choice. Each and every one of us have a choice every day. Noah could have said, "No." What are they going to think about me? An ark? What is it? What? What is an ark? It's not even rained. And neighbors probably gave him a hard time. Oh, look at Noah right there. Five hundred years old. That brother. He, that brother lost his mind. Look, Noah. He's crazy. But you know what? Noah said yes. And because he said yes, you and I are here today. <laughs> the power of saying yes to the divine purpose on your life. Are you following me? Yeah. Are you? And the reason, well, J.O., how do I know the divine purpose on my life? You got to know the one that put it in you. You got to know the one that put it in you before you were formed, before you were born. That God, that, that the, the creator, the maker. How about Elisha? You got this guy named Elijah, and Elijah is, he really is struggling. He struck with fear. Jezebel gives him a letter. He's losing his mind. He's suicidal. God finds him in a cave, pretty much says, I'm not done with you yet. I want you to go and anoint this young prophet Elisha in your place. And guess what? Elijah finds Elisha, and look what Elisha's doing. Elisha is plowing with an ox. Back and forth. This is, I think, their their family business. He's plowing day in and day out. How many of you know if that's God's purpose for your life? Listen to me real good. If that's God's purpose for your life, then plow as unto the Lord to the day that you go to heaven. Amen? Are you following me? Okay. He's plowing. There goes the sun down. Here goes the sun up. I'm following as big a walks. I'm plowing. I'm doing what I'm called to do. But if plowing is not God's divine purpose on your life, then I suggest you not plow. Plowing, farming, wonderful thing. Thank you for doing it. If it's God's purpose on your life. But if it's not God's purpose and it wasn't for his, it wasn't for him, Elijah, to do this all of his life. Elijah walks up to him and throws the cloak on him. And he said, hey, man, let me go kiss my mom and dad. I think Elijah was a cranky old prophet. He's like, go back, go back. And, and he goes and kisses his mom and dad. And then look what he does. He kills the oxen. And then he takes the equipment and he burns the oxen. He throws a big old barbecue, baby. I am leaving town. It's all, man, it's on like Donkey Kong. No plan B. I am all in. And he begins to follow Elijah. Why? Because the divine purpose on his life wasn't to plow, it was to be a prophet. It was to follow. And he followed Elijah out until the day he saw Elijah go up in a whirlwind. The cloak fell. He picks up that cloak. He's like, "Uh, let's see if this thing really works. (laughs) Hits the water. It spreads. And Elisha does twice as many miracles as Elijah. Can somebody say double portion? (laughs) Why? Because he went after his divine purpose. Not just purpose. Not just a purpose, but divine purpose. The reason you're sitting here, the reason you're sucking air, the reason why you exist, the purpose that God put in you from birth. He began to walk in it, and it was absolutely powerful. Listen, if you're called to work in an assembly line, then do it as unto the Lord all of your life. Please do it. Praise God. But if God calls you to own the company, then you should go and pursue that. If that's the purpose that God has on your life. Are you following me today? What is the divine? But yeah, you might need to go to college. You may need to be a little more intentional. You may need to get work a little bit later, and a little bit earlier. But if he calls you to own it, then own it. Because Listen, you're going to live life to its fullness when you're walking in your divine purpose. Are you Are you hearing me too late today? And and I want to let you know, it's not too late for you to change. If you're breathing here and you're alive today, you're, you're not too old to change. And you can change and be who God wants you to do, wants you to be. He wants you to walk in that divine purpose. Uh, the, 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 you know... The fishermen, they're out there fishing, men in the nets. This is what takes place. Look at this. Jesus comes up, Matthew 4, 21 through 22. Going on from there, he just picked up a couple of disciples. He saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets. He called to them. And immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. How does this take place? Why would someone leave their job that is probably a job that's going to be passed down to them from their dad? What would cause them to leave their job and follow this dude Jesus? I think they love the smell of divine purpose over the smell of fish. I think they they love the smell of destiny more than they love the smell of mending nets. There was something about this Jesus God-man that was very attractive. I don't know what all was taking place. I can only go with what the Bible says. But there was something that would cause those men right then and there to drop everything and go, hey, Dad, we love you, but we're out of here. And follow this Jesus God-man. I mean, it's powerful. I think it was tied in to divine purpose. And then they walked out their life and they served God. And I tell you what, if you want to change, you can change. Sometimes you just got to cut the noose. You got to cut noose, the noose so that you can be loose. And it, it has to do with this thing called your tongue. I've worked with people before and it's like, you know, getting them to say yes was like, like pulling wisdom teeth. Just, just a Yes. And when I say yes, I'm not saying say yes to stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying today. I'm not saying yes to heroin or porn or anything like that. I'm saying yes to the divine purpose of God on your life. That you say yes to that. Saying yes. I mean, you'll ch- you can change the world. Some of you today, you might need to say yes just to simply serving. Can somebody say serve? You all with me this morning? Some of you might need to say yes to being a city group leader. City group leader. I mean, they met in the temple and they met from house to house. That's theology. Acts two. What are you What are you doing with your life? Some of you might need to say yes to working with young people. You know, varsity on Wednesday night has just been going crazy. Two weeks ago, they had 207 kids here on a Wednesday night. Why do you say that, Jo? Because you know what? People need to serve in those areas serve to be a mentor loving on maybe being a sheepdog looking over a watchman on the wall come on serving somebody come on not just our own lives not just our own agenda that's That's not what God calls me and you too Uh, I hear that we're doing very good Paul huh with uh, Father's Market back there Father's Market is going to be open really soon maybe you'd want to help serve the the less fortunate amen are you with me today you know how you can serve the less fortunate? Yes. Oh, you know how you can uh, 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 start possibly leading a city group, uh, city group, planning one, open your house for one, just by yes. Huh, Jody and Peggy, yeah. what did you guys do? Said yes. You said yes. <laughs> wow. Yes, maybe it's in the area of working with the kids. Man, I tell you what, you know, praise God for Esther that she said yes. The Jews is getting ready to get wiped off the map. And Mordecai knows it. And she, he goes to, he sends word to his niece, Esther, and says, hey, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such A time as this. Esther knew it may cost her her life if she goes before the king. And she went before the king to stand in the gap for all of the Jews. And he put out his scepter and received her. And because of that, she's a world changer. World changer. Can you imagine that you can be a world changer by saying yes? Yes. We need to practice that again on three. Say yes. One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Just by saying yes. In 1990, a couple of weeks before Radian and I were married, the elders of the church came to us and said, hey, would you guys pray about being the youth pastors, youth directors? And, and uh, man, we can't, we don't even know. What we're, all we want to do is just serve Jesus. Yeah. Youth pastors, youth directors, I forgot how they termed it. Just, we just, we, we had no clue. We prayed. I think we may have fasted. Maybe, I can't remember. It's been a long time ago. And on the day that we got married was the day that we stepped in ministry. Since that day, we've been in ministry. Do you know the equipment, the, all the, the the seminary and everything that I went through? Do you know what I, I just, we just said... And it changed our life. Yeah, right. yeah. The power of saying yes to the divine destiny on your life. Connor, would you stand up for a minute? Bree, you can stand up too. Hi, Brie. This is Connor and Bree White. She's a school teacher. Connor is one of our pastors. He did a great job last week, didn't he? You can be seated. God bless you. Why do you have him stand? Because junior year, he reaches out to us and says, could I be an intern for you, Jay, over the summer? And I'm like, you want to be an intern for me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, man. on like Donkey Kong. He comes and he's an intern through the summer. And then the next summer, it's like, man, that brother was good. We hired him, paid him to be an intern over the summer. Right, Connor? And we are having this discussion. And he's having a serious discussion with me about Am I a pastor or should I coach? How many of you know that coaching is a wonderful thing? How many of you know that if your God-given divine purpose is to coach, then coach with all of your heart. Pour the young people. Be a world changer. But you know what he's, he, he did? He said, yes, to pastoring. Why? Well, obviously he believes it's a part of the purpose, the divine purpose of God on his heart. Are you feeling me? just by saying yes. My son right here, if I can just, can I brag on him just for a minute? So he goes to Whitworth, works his rear off. He only makes two A minuses all the way through college, two A minuses. Graduates summa cum laude, major in marketing, minor in Spanish. The brother probably could have went and worked for Apple and sold Smartphones iPads and computers, and he could talk to you in Spanish while he does that, (laughs) right? But I have to say, I don't know if that was the divine purpose on his life. Maybe it's the divine purpose that he leads worship and praises God and helps with marriages and preaches the word. Come on, somebody, are you feeling me today? Will you say yes to the divine purpose on your life? The world today needs a lot of more people who will change this thing right here. Not let that rudder destroy your life and let there be a yes in your spirit, in your heart for the divine purpose on your life. Because believe it or not, you have it. You have it. You may have never stepped into it yet, but you've got it. Jeremiah 1.5 is there for a reason. You have it. Will you stand to your feet today?